Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jared Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. I think Justin Kuzart would be really smart to get Jags Twitter involved and make sure you give out your registry. <laughs> because right now it's going well for Trevor Lawrence. You gonna be the savior of the city, Coos? <laughs> Get a free toaster out of it. Free I'm, toaster. I, well, I already got my air fryer, so I feel like I'm set. Oh, air fryer. Now flex. listen, that's like the Big new. Flex. I don't know what that is. Like the that's new the new AirPod. That's the know? new AirPods. That's the. <laughs> it's not a compliment. It's well, definitely not a compliment. When I got married some 22 years ago, I think it was like the crock pot. You know, like you mm. couldn't do without. And now it's like everybody can't do without the air fryer. And the air fryer's legit. Do you have one? Awesome. Oh, no, no, no. I no, know you I, I have don't. one, Coos. You just told me you had one. <laughs> That's why I was like, I was confused. As a matter of fact, oh. I do. No, I don't, have, a, uh, I don't oh. have an air fryer, no. I made, uh, and I don't like Brussels sprouts, but I made air fried Brussels yeah, sprouts yes. last night. Oh, yes. my God. Just had them on there? I no, had them on Easter. Bacon. Well, then you're, you, know. you haven't had Brussels sprouts there. I know, I know. Okay. I hear okay. you, man. I mean, they're good. It's it's yeah. it's pretty legit. Um, so maybe we should get one off Austin's uh, registry just a little late. Yeah, there we go. Um, we'll get you one, too. But <laughs> uh, Dylan and the boys uh, on Twitter, up to almost $1,000 for a uh, wedding gift for Trevor Lawrence, who gets married this weekend. So Jags Twitter doing its thing, and uh, no what, surprise. What would be the most Jacksonville thing to get him, though? Like a, like a, a Bottle mini, fireball. I was thinking like a mini statue of that dinosaur. With the <laughs> oh the, the the orange dinosaur yeah, thing? the orange dinosaur like that would be the most Jacksonville. The, thing. Is there like a documentary about that thing? Because like <laughs> I need to know what's up with that dinosaur. And I mean, listen, he's a staple in Jacksonville, and I'm not mad at him. I mean, if I ever get like a like a Jacksonville tribute tattoo, which I probably will one day, depending how long I stay here for, uh, he's getting included, like that for sure. Like yeah. he's he is who Jacksonville that, is. Like the Main Street but we need bridge. a story. Yeah, the Main Street <laughs> Bridge too. Uh, you know, Fred Durst uh, portrait as well. <laughs> Just the essentials. And now they're up over fourteen hundred dollars. So I mean, you can you can buy a lot of things that's on a, a wedding registry for fourteen hundred bucks. That's a stimmy check right there. That's a stimmy check right there. <laughs> it's a stimmy check. <laughs> that's. Uh, I wonder what those are being used on. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but anyway, Trevor Lawrence getting married this weekend, so it's a big weekend for him uh, and his fiance and. You know, it's kind of one of those deals uh, in conjunction with this. If you were a newly married couple just moving to Jacksonville, like, where would you live? Where would you go? you got to remember now, he's, what, if they're going to be, he's 22, 22? Yeah, but, I mean, if you got that Trevor Lawrence money, you got to yeah. go to the beach, man. That's, oh, yeah. yeah, of course. I mean, either downtown, like, in a – because like, there's a lot of players – when they first get into town, they live like right downtown because it's close in proximity to the stadium, obviously. Yeah. But I, I mean, hell, if you're Trevor Lawrence, but you can probably afford a helicopter just to take you every single day. Yeah. So I'm staying at the beach for well, sure. And and I know like our our one of our coworkers who we just hired, he's about my age, uh, with with a kid, and they're they're moving down here, and they're mm-hmm. uh, looking. I believe they looked at Fleming Island. Yeah. So. 
that's kind of have fun area. with that drive. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't. Has a player ever lived in Fleming Island? I mean, I love you out there in Fleming Island, but I mean, that's a different country when you cross the Buckman Bridge if you're making that drive every day. Right, that's, yeah, yeah. A, that's the first thing I told him when he told me that. I was like, "Ooh, the Buckman Bridge." He was well, like, <laughs> I tell people that story all the time. We when we were looking for a house, I can't remember when we were looking. We looked for a while before we found something down here, and. Maybe it was then we built our house, so there was a lot of time in between. And for about three months, we lived over in Eagle Harbor. We rented a house, and I, I, I don't even know how we found it, but it was, I think it was kind of like a short-term thing. There was not many of those out there where you can go for like three months. And so that's quite a bit of ways from work, like where the station is, right, guys? I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good drive. Uh, I got pulled over on 17 quite a bit, by the way, coming home at about 1 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And But when we moved back... On this side of the Buckman Bridge, I swear I didn't go back over that Buckman Bridge for five years. <laughs> like, yeah. It just doesn't. It just doesn't happen. Now, if you live on that side and you don't work on this side of the Buckman Bridge, you got everything. You don't need to come over to this side of the world because everything is over there, especially now as much as it's uh, grown up. But I can't imagine a player uh, living there. Uh, you said the beach, but I thought one of you guys might say like San Marco or Riverside or something like that. Uh, I think the beach. I, th- I think you can't lose with the beach. You know, get a house right on that beach, man. And, and wake and up in the morning with sand in your toes every single day. Like, I feel uh, like Trevor Lawrence would be about that life. Well, and, and look at Trevor Lawrence. He looks like a beach guy. Of course. The, the long hair. Oh, like, I mean, he's he's, he's going to be doing some sort of boarding, whether it's paddle yeah. boarding, uh, probably not wakeboarding in the ocean, obviously, but surfboard, something yeah. with a board he's going to be doing. In the off season, not during the season, because we need you healthy and everything. But during the off season, maybe for that's sure. what they can buy him with the with the money is buy him like a oh, really nice surfboard. That's a good idea, Coos. That's a really good idea. Yeah, but do you really want to buy him a surfboard? Because then you're almost forcing him to go surf. Like maybe he doesn't want to go surfing though. Like, oh, yeah, maybe- but, but think of all the like how strong you do get from surfing. Like how much sure. it's involved. Like maybe that can think help about him. some injuries that can occur surfing as well. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, get him a yoga membership. Dude, dudes come off <laughs> a shoulder surgery, and I'm gonna throw him in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean and have him pump his arms a lot. <laughs> hey. What are you talking about, dude? Because you know what this is all about? The fear of sharks is real for Austin Lane. <laughs> Better believe it, man. And he's starting to think, keep that shark bite away from Trevor Lawrence as well. Absolutely. That's, mm-hmm. that's trying, what he's trying to do everybody a favor. You're welcome. Now, now listen here. you got to be respectful, Duval. Whatever you get, Trevor Lawrence, on that register, it's a his and hers thing. So if it is a surfboard, it's not just for Trevor. Yeah, but, 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 yeah, but she, was, she also it, seems yeah. to like the beach from Instagram and the uh, the Trevor Tracker the Trevor days. Tracker, yeah. <laughs> May, well, she seems I don't know, to like maybe, the beach. And maybe everybody can pitch together and get her a new identity since it was stolen, right, Goose? <laughs> that was also how much do new identities happened. cost these days? I, don't, I think she got Black it figured market? out though. Are you sure? I mean, she are like, you sure about yeah, that? Yeah, she worked with LifeLock. She's good. All right, so maybe we get her like a LifeLock, uh, like one one year membership. One year membership to LifeLock. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do who's, it. Who's more the first family of Jacksonville now, the Myers or the Lawrences? Ooh, see, I think when you say because ah, Trevor's got his brother too, that's gonna fit right in the, the, the whole Riverside yeah. vibe. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I'm probably gonna have a couple IPAs with him for sure and do our own podcast. I think Urban Meyer though, just because. You know, he's he's almost like I don't call him the father figure, but he's almost like the 
authoritarian figure, let's just call it, yeah. uh, of Jacksonville. So I think the Myers would be the first family yeah, of Jacksonville. Yeah, I think, right I mean, now. father figure fits, too. I think so. Uh, you yeah, know, but yeah, I don't want to make him sound like older than what he is, you know? I mean, he's, well, I, mean I think he understands. He's, he's old. 56. Okay. <laughs> he's got it's old. Kids that are grown up. You're old. There you go. <laughs> You're a little bit on the You're older. So old. On the older side. Who, who didn't he hear of that one band? That um, oh, what was that story? Oh yeah, what was that story? Shoot, that was a band that I'd heard of. Uh, I mean, that was his, it was his daughter's podcast, Coos, right? We played. Yeah, what was that? Oh yeah, Leonard Skinner. Leonard Skinner. Oh, see, but. <laughs> It was, no, a, so it was a band that, that I've heard of. Yeah, yeah well, so it doesn't really do many thing. favors, though, because he's supposed to. No. Yeah, so. Yeah, <laughs> okay. We probably should Scratch bring that. that up again. Scratch that. Well, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> it's, like, it's a band that I heard of. Oh, yeah, Leonard Skinner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, hey, speaking of uh, uh, DMX, the, the passing, that's, yeah. I, that's a big thing on social media today. Late 90s, early 2000s. I'm in college. I'm kind of starting my adult life. Can't really tell you that I was. Uh, too locked into DMX. Mm-hmm. Uh, your generation. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. He was. Yeah. He was. He was a big part uh, of my childhood for sure. Growing up in the '90s. Um. DMX was was played. Uh, a lot, and it sucks because, like you know, I love talking about music, and we all, I always seem to talk about music when, um, you know, something un- un- sad or unfortunate happens, but, um. You know the the outcry and the pouring out of, of for DMX that you see on social media, it's definitely warranted because, and I understand. Like, you know, I don't want to be the get off my lawn kind of guy and say like, you know, this new generation of hip hop fans doesn't know what DMX meant to, you know, like the, the game and everything like that. But um, DMX has big time influential um, in terms of just music in general. You know, I think that every generation um, is defined by something new in terms of cranking that radio up to 11. And I think, you know, in the seventies, uh, you know, if you're into punk rock music, when the sex pistols, came on the scene it was different you had you had to turn it up it was loud i think in the 80s you know when you had metallica um they released kill them all and then they released ride the lightning a little um while after that like that was different and, and you had to turn it up because that's just what you did with metallica and dmx in the 90s that was our thing um when he released you know i think it was it's dark uh it's dark and hell is hot first and then flesh of my flesh blood of my blood um they came back like right back to back and like Hip hop was, you know, coming up, but like that, those two albums, you had to turn up. And Brent, you ever seen the movie um, White Men Can't Jump? Yes, I have. So, do you know the scene? Where, Cause you ever seen it? You're probably a little too young, man. It's, it's a. I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah. So, so there's a scene with Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes riding in the car, and um, Woody Harrelson puts on uh, Jimi Hendrix, and you know Wesley Snipes asks him like, "Hey, what are you putting on Jimi Hendrix for?" And Woody Harrelson goes, "Because I like to listen to him." Uh, and then like 10 minutes into the argument, it ensues where it's like, well, you're not listening to him. You have to hear him. And then they get into a giant argument about, are you listening to Jimi Hendrix or are you hearing Jimi Hendrix? I think DMX was the artist, especially the hip hop artist of the nineties and maybe of all time where it doesn't matter where you grew up or what you're all about. If you played DMX, you didn't listen to him. Like you heard him. That's how talented he was. I think that when we talk about like poets or successful writers if you will we always give them the compliment of they they put blood to paper well i think like dmx would put blood to mike right like you just every uh, song that he had like you heard what he was saying 
uh, and then you had to listen to it because just the, the voice, the pain, the inflection, um, he was just that talented. And I think he was a guy in hip-hop that he didn't really need the beats. He, he didn't need the the appearances. He didn't need anybody else with him because if he just spoke, you are going to listen. So obviously, you know, I think music in general lost a great one today uh, in DMX. Yeah, well, just uh... – you know, listen, I can't tell you all you just told me about DMX. I read up a little bit because of um, obviously a lot going on the last 24 hours on social media and never, a lot of people talking about it. But it, rough life growing up leads mm-hmm. to music and lyrics and songs and, and the inspiration for a lot of that, uh, which is very typical in the music industry to begin with, and uh, whether that's good, bad, and different uh, experiences. And then on the back end, uh, a lot of trouble with the law and, and um you know, after his heyday, if you will, the late 90s and early 2000s, uh, and but still, the music lives, right? Yep. And, and that's just the the way it is. So, um, uh, DMX dead at the age of 50, and it's a, a big story with a certain generation. Uh, like music certainly lives uh, with with a certain generation. So uh, that's one of the stories today. Uh, at Augusta National, round two of the Masters, Justin Rose still in the lead at seven under par. Uh, got kind of squirrely in round number two today and then saved it on the back nine once again. So he is still seven under, even par round two. Mark Leishman, Justin Thomas, six under through 16, might be my pick. <laughs> Tony Finau, I pick this guy all the time to win big events. Here he is today, seven under through 16. He's having a heck of a round. He's right in the middle of it, tied for second place. Jordan Spieth, four under, by the way, so he's right there as well. Patrick Reed, good scoring day. At Augusta, so many people looking at the pictures at Augusta saying, hey, why are the greens brown? It looks like a U.S. Open. It's like (laughs) baked out. You know, this is a beautiful, lush course. And I think these greens are giving these guys trouble. But I think the theory here was you're playing it in November. It went 20 under par for Dustin Johnson, 15 under for Cameron Smith. He was in the 60s every single round and didn't even win. In fact, lost by five shots. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think the thinking was, if they're going to turn around and play this golf course again, we're going to make it a little bit different than it was five or six months ago. And usually, Austin, you'll see the greens play tricky as the week goes along. I think it started out this way. We're not seeing a lot of putts made. And this is a golf course that's it's the same venue every year. And so the more you play it, the more you know about the subtleties, which usually means the more putts you might make. Not the case here so far, but uh, the scoring is better. And um, whether it's HD cameras or just that's the way the greens look, we're seeing a lot of brown spots on the greens, and that is significant uh, in terms of how it plays. Well, you better start upcharging those pimento cheese sandwiches <laughs> and put some sprinkler systems in there then. Let's go, Augusta. Like, this is the Masters. This is a tradition like no other. Get those greens looking right. Uh, they probably, by the way, could do it. They can make it whatever they want. They could make it sprout green tomorrow <laughs> at Augusta. Yeah. Uh, they have sub-air underneath yeah. where they can control the temperatures uh, and pretty much do anything. But I do think this was an intentional effort. Uh, I don't think this is like, hey, there's a fungus going on in the greens or the, it's not in great shape. This was an intentional effort to make it different uh, than November, just some five or six months ago that they played the tournament. We'll give you an update on the scores as we go. And as we talk about golf, we want to continue to remind you here on a Friday, as you probably play some golf this weekend, that uh, the Dream 18 card is still available for $69 this week during the Masters week. ESPN690.com, discounted golf. Go get it. 
and uh, play some golf all summer long at a discounted rate with some of the best courses in the area. All right, what about some football topics here? Uh, we're going to get to one in a moment because I saw an article today about some of the uh, the top ten most important people coming up in the draft, and Urban Meyer's name wasn't on the list, so I want to get into that. We'll deep dive a little bit more into the running back stable of the draft picks here today. And Florida State football has their spring game tomorrow, Austin. This is a topic that we've kind of let sit because, let's be honest, there's not a lot of momentum coming off the last few years for Florida State football. Mm -hmm. But there is one huge story, and we'll talk a little bit more about the Florida State football spring game, which, again, is a glorified practice, not really a spring game. It takes place tomorrow uh, as the show goes along. But I do want to bring this up. Mackenzie Milton, I think it's all eyes on him. This is a guy that had a brilliant career at UCF, suffered a catastrophic injury, making a comeback, transfers to FSU. Jordan Travis, the quarterback, Mackenzie Milton, looks to be, with all his experience and skill set, if he's healthy and ready to go, the guy that could take the job. But I would say that's the number one storyline tomorrow in Tallahassee is what does that look like? Yeah, it's going to be one of them for sure. Um, you know, keep in mind, Mackenzie Milton's been out of the game for two years now. Yeah. No, and I get it. He's been rehabbing and he's been, you know, practicing and things like that. But, you know, one year is one thing. But but two years, you might develop a little bit of a rust and, and things like that. So to me, it'll be Mackenzie Milton's first opportunity to kind of maybe cement himself as a starter and kind of show everybody like, hey, I still had it. Because when he was playing at a very high level in UCF, I mean, he, he was a top quarterback. And if he can kind of go back to those days at UCF and bring it to FSU, then he probably is going to be the starter. But obviously keep in mind Chubba Purdy as well, because keeping uh, with Chubba Purdy, he essentially followed Mike Norvell. He was going to go someplace else, came to FSU for Norvell. He's a, he's a Mike Norvell guy, if you will. And we haven't really talked about him that much. He's played a little bit last year, obviously um, was still kind of, you know, wet behind the ears as college coaches would say. Another story I'm gonna be watching too from the from the, for FSU is uh, Jay Sean Corbin, uh, the running back. Yeah. When when you have an offensive line that you know year by year seems to be getting better now, and it's been kind of the calling card of why Florida State was kind of down in the dumps the past decade. It seems like was because of their offensive line. Well, now they're turning over a new leaf, and it's going to be featured with the run game of Corbin as well. Yeah, I think uh, Tofili, too, uh, who was a freshman last year, will be interesting to watch. And, again, we talk about this a bit later. I think you mentioned the offensive line. There's finally some confidence in that offensive line, a little bit of hope after years and years. I mean, go all the way back to Jimbo Fisher. We're not just talking about a Willie Taggart thing. Uh, we're talking about an offensive line that really hasn't been good for some five, six, seven years, it feels like. And there's some confidence in that offensive line and what Mike Norvell can do with his offense with that offensive line. But I would say the most underrated position or under-the-radar position and comes with a lot of speculation and curiosity, maybe the most unproven it's been, shoot, since anyone can remember, is the wide receiver position for the uh, Florida State Seminoles. They've had some good ones over the years. They've had a lot of good ones over the years. But it's unproven. Uh, certainly some talent, but unproven for sure uh, in Tallahassee. The Florida State spring game will take place tomorrow evening. Uh, of course, uh, ESPN 690, your home for Florida State football and basketball. We'll talk more about FSU. But I, I do think I'll, I'll wrap the early part of, of this conversation with this. Mackenzie Milton has me looking forward to what Florida State is going to do 
more than anybody has in a long time, in the last handful of years. Uh, I, I think that storyline is one that everybody around the country is kind of looking into. Sure, they've had changes with Willie Taggart at coach and Norvell, and that makes certainly uh, draw some attention. But from a player perspective, I think the Mackenzie Milton story is one that a lot of people fell in love with. Uh, and can he do it? Can he come back? Can he do it at this level in the ACC? I think it gives Florida State something that everybody's watching, whether you're a diehard fan, casual fan, or, or a fan of another school. It's like, how's that going to play out? Chance for a first impression. You know me. I don't think it means that much going into the fall, but definitely a first impression for Mackenzie Milton. And uh, that's why I'm tuning in tomorrow, Austin. All right. I like it. Uh, that's ACC Network? <laughs> Whatever. Uh, we'll tell you where all you can find it. I haven't got that far ahead. You can hear okay. it right here on ESPN 690. That's right. Yeah. Uh, you can listen to it. and um, You can listen you to can the film. You can <laughs> listen to the tape. <laughs> you can <laughs> check the tape. I've, you can listen I've listened to the game to the on ESPN 690, and then you can check the tape I've listened on to the Sunday. Tape. Roll on that spring game mm. so you can check the tape, please. All right, let's take a break. Uh, first one of the day. We come back. We talk some NFL. The draft three less than three weeks away. 20 days is the countdown here in Jacksonville. Saw an article today, 10 most important people in the draft and some of the storylines, and Urban Meyer's name wasn't on it. How? Isn't Urban Meyer like one of the biggest curiosities into this 2021 season? Not just what happens in the fall, but it all begins right now. This is a coach-centric franchise, and we know he's pushing a lot of the buttons. Urban Meyer's role on draft day and the curiosity in it. Coming up next on Action Sports Chats. Brent Martineau. But, man, when you hit, what is that button you used to hit, like the X button to, to accelerate? Austin Lane. I haven't played Madden in, like, ten years. Sorry, uh, we, sorry we let you down there. Uh, that was a major letdown. Yeah. I mean, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. The best foundational piece investment you can make for the long term. And if you're Atlanta... Who knows when they're going to be picking fourth again? And as we've seen, the 49ers have shown us already. Uh, you know, I think to a degree we could see even more trades. Even the Sam Darnold trade showed us how, how, how steep of a price a quarterback can be to acquire. I have no idea who that, that is. Field Yates. Oh, that was Yates, huh? Interesting. All right. So let's see the latest... Tally for Jaguars Twitter on the registry for Trevor Lawrence, $2,000. Mm. $2,000 in like less than an hour. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm convinced they wouldn't, like, I wouldn't even get $100. Did, did you contribute? No, I didn't. No. Uh, here, here's the thing. I contribute to a lot of that stuff, too, but I haven't contributed to that. I don't think they need me today either. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I think they're doing just fine. But it's like, hey, Austin, next time like the the company doesn't give you a paycheck, yeah, well, or it takes like six weeks or something to get it, mm-hmm. just say Jaguars Twitter. I didn't get a paycheck this week. Can you help yeah. me out? <laughs> yeah, but then, but, but then I'm in debt to Jaguars Twitter, and I'm not trying to be in debt to Jaguars Twitter because they can come after you in a, in a second. So uh, listen, uh, you bought them ice cream back in the day. I mean, you deliver shock your mock on a daily basis. Hey man, I don't know you I, anything. All I need from Jaguars Twitter is to keep on being Jaguars Twitter. I could ask him for anything. <laughs> uh, maybe they could contribute to 
Hashtag play day. Dylan, maybe play some golf this weekend. Hashtag play day. Uh, John Bachman and uh, Len Matisse, PGA golfer in the area, spearheading that for the first tee of North Florida. John Bachman hasn't joined us in forever. It's like if he can't come to the other side of the building and come up in studio and be in person, <laughs> he didn't know how to use a phone, Austin Lane. His wow. phone finally works. Here comes wow. Bachman. Wow. You know, I, I've missed you guys so much, and I really just didn't think that I would get that kind of reception, Brett. I'm, I'm sad. To, I mean, you know, you have a phone, too. I mean, I'm just saying. You could call me anytime. That's Kuz's job. He apparently didn't want to. Well, John, uh, you know well, how I feel about Brent it, man. Too. John, I, I don't run the show. That's Brent's job. If I was running the show, it would be different. Believe that. Well, we would be talking a lot more music, Austin. You, I promise you that. You better believe it, man. Uh, John Bachman, what's happened, man? Hope you've been good. I mean, I see enough, but at least uh, tell everybody how you've been doing because I know you probably haven't talked to Austin in months. It feels like I haven't seen you guys in a long – well, I've seen Brent a few times, but I haven't seen Austin probably in, in like a year. So, uh, That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, doing doing well. We're, we're just plugging along down here uh, in the uh, TV side of the building. Um, and yeah, speaking of Jags Twitter, I mean, I, I mean, do I? How do I? How do I ask Jags Twitter to to play golf and donate to the first tee? Because I'm not. I'm shameless. I'll take I'll take anybody's dollars for the first tee, kids. Uh, no doubt, uh, and you should try it. Maybe you got to get Trevor Lawrence involved, and that might help. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's a little busy right now, I'm sure. But yeah, anyway, we got Len Matisse, who's I think a very close second to Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville's hearts. Yeah. And mine. Well, uh, super nice guy, Len Matisse. Uh, so here's the deal. Uh, you did this last year. This was fun. I remember playing in um, birdies and pars. We did a little bit of game, how much we donate to the yep. Yep. Uh, first tee in North Florida. So the deal is today, tomorrow, and Sunday during Masters Week, you play anywhere, anywhere, really, all around anywhere. the country, but in the area yep. specifically, and hashtag play day, and get a little game going, make a little donation, and get a chance to uh, win a round of golf at uh, TPC Sawgrass with Len Matisse. And a buddy. So, I mean, think about that. If you've got a guy, you know, it's like a, the epic guy's trip. You could go play with your best buddy. Len Matisse can tell you stories of, you know, the the playoff heartbreak against Mike Weir at Augusta. He could talk about all kinds of different things uh, while you're playing TPC. You get the pictures of playing 17, you know, all that stuff. And, yes, the whole idea here is to have a lot of fun, draw some attention to the great work that First Tee does on a daily basis and, you know, it's not about just golf. In fact, it's really not about golf at all for these kids. It's about, you know, teaching life skills uh, to kids through the game of golf. As you know, the game of golf teaches you a lot of things. For me, it's <laughs> patience and uh, ability to deal with uh, maybe um, curveballs or curved shots that you don't intend. Uh, but, you know, so you've got a lot of things here, and, and, and a lot of these kids who are in these first tee programs have never seen a golf course before so it's just it's there's so many great things about it and um and so yeah ten dollars gives you a chance for a win-win situation so like how it. do you do it uh ten bucks yeah. donation and you can do every ten dollars get you a yeah so we'll hold a drawing in fact last year we did it live on facebook it was actually a lot of fun and we'll do that again this year i don't exactly know when we're going to do the drawing but it'll be within the next couple of weeks len is actually playing in a Monday qualifier down in Naples uh, next week. So we'll probably have to do it the following week. But um, we'll have a drawing. And um, so every $10 that you donate to the first tee for the play day uh, fundraiser will get you entered in for the drawing that we'll hold. And then you and we'll pick 
pick the winner, and the winner will be able to take a friend, and you'll pick a date that works for you guys and 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 for Len, and they'll you guys will tee it up at TPC Sawgrass. You'll play your own ball if that's what you want to do. You know, a lot of people get a chance if they're lucky to play there, but it's usually in a scramble situation. So this is a play your own ball, play at your own pace. I think uh, you know Len will give you tips if you want them. You can have some lunch afterward. It's going to be a fun time. But first tee. Uh, northflorida.org slash playday. And I've got it tweeted. Uh, I mean, people who follow me on Twitter are probably sick and tired of it by now, but I've posted a whole bunch of stuff. But the idea is you play today, Saturday, and Sunday. Post some pictures with the hashtag playday because I want to see it. It's Part of this is just to have a lot of fun and talk a little trash, too. It's, a, it's you know, it's sort of an awareness program thing. And, um, you know, Brent, you and I played last year. I don't know. You're not going to be able to play with me this year, I don't think, but Let's play anyway if you can get out um, and, you know, I'll challenge you. I'll, I'll do – what did we do last year? I'll do like uh, maybe, what, $20 for a birdie and $10 for a par. For me, a par is like birdie these days. So, that sounds good. Um, uh, me too. Okay. So <laughs> um, we'll do something like that. We'll keep tabs and, and see what happens. I like it. Uh, I do think it's a good idea. I think uh, as this continues to grow, I think you can get a lot of that over a weekend and your buddies in, for me, in Rhode Island or Ohio yeah. or your buddies in Minnesota. i got a friend playing in West Palm right now. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, so it's good. Yep. Uh, and it's good to do it in April so the rest of the country can play right about now, um, or at least close to <laughs> yeah. some of them. Maybe not in like right. Minnesota and stuff, but uh, but anyway. It's a, it's a good deal. On any given day, you know it. <laughs> First tee of North Florida. John does a great job with them. Lynn Batiste as well, good people down there. Um, and and uh, really, First tee all over the country is a fantastic organization. So did go you guys see, check it out. Did you guys see the story last night with the, uh, with the Acosta Bridge? That's the other part of this that's so cool. Uh, the Acosta Bridge is green this weekend for First tee. And, of course, Masters Weekend is tied into all this, but it's really for the first tee and to draw awareness. But, you know, the, the Costa Bridge is turning on all these lights for all these nonprofits. It's really, really cool. I think that thing is – I was thinking of it um, – we were downtown a couple weeks back, and I was looking at it again, and I'm like, man, it's amazing how just changing the lights on the bridge kind of give off a cool vibe to downtown and the city, you know, it's, and what they've done. Totally there. agree. And it seems so simplistic. I'm sure it's not, but it's also probably expensive. The funny thing is, I think <laughs> we did a story on CBS 47 and Fox 30 like two days later. And I was actually going to like give a, I was going to say, have we done a story on like why this all came about and what it does yep. and all that stuff? And, and we did a story actually just a couple of weeks back on it. But uh, it is a really amazing. Like, I, I think it's a cool thing. I mean, just a subtle little thing like that. Uh, and uh, David Cotton is the guy that I see on Twitter all the time um, talking about it, right? He's at JTA, and, yeah. and it, 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 you're right, it was expensive. It was a $2.6 million project to install all of those was it really uh, that big-time much? LED. Yeah, yes, it was. Uh, but they needed the lights that were there needed replacing anyway, at least that's what they say. And, and it, it, to your point, it is amazing what it does because it glows off the water of the St. John's. It highlights the, the what's skyline we have and it's just but it's just such a cool vibe and and i you know i was talking to the ceo of the red cross local chapter of the red cross as part of my story and he's like you know people see the color and they're like well why is it red and then they'll look at oh it's the red cross and then what what's the red cross up to and, and it's just that little thing that is good to, to you know draw attention to all the great works that everybody's doing but then it's also i think a great draw for downtown so, you know, I think it's a win-win there. Oh, without a doubt. I think any time that you can show unity, you know, like as a city, um, why not? And obviously, like you said, John, it looks really cool as well. I, I saw pictures last night of it. So, uh, you know, props to the city of Jacksonville for doing their part. 
Amen. Amen. Yeah, plus if the green's cool because it looks like the Green Lantern's in town. That's what I always say. <laughs> I like it. Maybe uh, after Trevor gets married this weekend, maybe early next week, we go like purple and orange with a little teal. You go a little Clemson oh, tie oh. in with Jags. I mean, I like uh, that. Well, it start- does go. It does go teal for the Jags games. I know yeah. they do that. They do a great job, and you know, I'm sure it'll be teal for the draft day and all those good stuff. So, did you find but out yeah, the most obscure good. color they can do? They can do anything. The combos are are endless. I, I don't know exactly. We did do that story. We got a behind the scenes look. It's on the computer, but I'm pretty sure they can mix and match, and they can do patterns. It's Pretty remarkable, though, though. There is no limit, really, I don't think. So as we're uh, talking about this and thinking out loud, do you think there's at some point, uh, like maybe if I can get this brand up big enough, that someday we could have a sunshine and rainbows night? <laughs> I, I think I think you're on to something. I think we should have a sunshine and rainbows night underneath the bridge, and we just have the bridge be the rainbow. Well, what I'm curious is, can they spell words? Because it'd be kind of cool to be for them to do, like, congratulations, coos, next Friday. I think oh, that would now be really we're nice. talking. <laughs> now we're talking. That'd be nice. The second biggest wedding in town. The second biggest wedding coming up. Second biggest wedding in town, without question. It's funny. I must My my invitation must have gotten lost in the mail. I don't, well, I, I don't I He ripped them it. all up. Don't worry. Yeah, They're not yeah, inviting okay. anybody. Nobody, nobody's invited anybody. You know, the, the whole with, with COVID and everything, mail was kind of tough. So, you know, we just yeah, that, that, yeah. Yeah, got lost somewhere. That's the thing about mail. Yeah. yeah. Although after after what I'm seeing today on Jaguar's Twitter, you might want to invite Jaguar's Twitter, Coos. I, I Dilla's think invite's getting sent out now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Johnny Bachman, uh, go support the first team in North uh, Florida and play day all weekend long. Have some fun with us. Uh, talk some trash. Make some birdies. Make some pars and uh, give a little donation with a chance to get to TPC Sawgrass and play that beautiful stadium course as well. Check out John's Twitter for more of it. We'll retweet some of it as well for the exact site to go do. John, thanks, man. Great to talk to you. Great to talk to you guys. I'm sorry it's been so long. Let's do this again soon. Miss you all. You Sounds bet. like a plan. Uh, have a good weekend. Play well. Make thanks, a lot guys. of birdies so it costs you a yeah, fortune. Yeah, buddy. Amen. <laughs> all right. Uh, hey, by the way, speaking of golf and TPC Sawgrass, Coos, big shout-out. Can I say it? Am I allowed to say give props? To... I don't think nope. so. Nope, not yet. Not yet. Okay. Someday. What are we doing? What? I just want to give a that? nice shout-out to his fiance because, well, oh. she works over there. Oh, okay. I thought, like, okay. Oh, well, yeah, easy. That's it. That's okay. all I want to do. Yeah, I got you. I, I can't say any more than that. Yeah. I, I wanted to just take it one step further, but I'll wait. Yep. Um, You're going to get her that, in trouble. Yeah. How's that resume coming? But She doesn't listen to the show anyway, so it's fine as long as Coos doesn't tell her. Um How's the resume coming, Austin? Oh, I had to redo it. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> well, yeah, what I'm, I'm not going to say anymore. But let's just say I had to edit it a little bit. But the lady that called me was super cool. Uh, we came to an understanding. <laughs> and I did the most important part, not having to do a lot of work. Uh, but needless to say, they were not impressed with my screenshot of my uh, LinkedIn page. <laughs> and she, she made that abundantly clear. <laughs> Uh, you came to an agreement. That's very good. What? How many yeah. people do you think you have come to an agreement with? When you're six six two forty five, it's easy to come to an agreement. I mean, yeah. She's like, yeah. She's like, are you really an MMA player? I'm like, yeah. I put it because I updated it. Because she said I'd update it. I'm like, okay. She didn't believe you. MMA fighter, uh, and I talk on the radio for sports. Like, there you go. Yeah, that is probably a unique resume. I'm pretty sure. sure that yeah, they've never gotten a resume that's like former Jags yeah, football like player. Put Batman on it. Like, why would I just make up MMA fighter? You should actually do Batman. that. Like, I was Batman for Batman? a week. Okay. Okay. That's what I can do. I would <laughs> think most people would question, former Jags player, radio host, yeah. and MMA fighter. What the heck is this guy talking about?
talking about. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Throw it in the trash. Shred it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, right. I, I needed sources too, I guess, but whatever. All right, I will get to my most important. Can you put me as a source? <laughs> well, I thought. I mean, I was gonna put Brent as a source, and like, I don't have Andy Reid's number, but I don't know. Give the stadium a call, and and good luck to you. I don't know what to tell you. That's a reference, by the way. Oh, that sorry. You do, not a We're, source. Okay? Whatever. We yeah. don't reveal our sources. Sorry, man. Business. I, I, I thought I was doing a bibliography. Uh, I was in bibliography mode right hey, now. That would be awesome, though, if you did have your references. Andy Reid, Jack Del Rio, and like Dana White. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. I just like him. I've always liked him. When I when he went to Georgia, and I'm, maybe I'm, I'm basing a little bit of this on that, but I mean, I, I had people tell me that saw him on the practice field that they have never seen a quarterback look like him. Why didn't he work out? Because Kirby Smart runs a vanilla offense and never gave him a chance. But I mean, I, I just trust those impressions, and, and so I'm, I'm going to stick with that. And that's all you can do. But I think Wilson is. If you're really taking a flyer on somebody that, that looks like the composite quarterback you put together on, on, on an imaging machine. But, man, I'm, I'm not going to trust him in the NFL. That is Paul Feinbaum talking about Justin Fields. It is interesting. Justin Fields now feels like he's gaining some momentum all of a sudden, Austin. Does, yeah. it, does it feel that way to you? Um... Yeah, I mean a little bit, but you know this is this is kind of what mock draft season's all about, right? Yeah. Where that you're up, then you're down, then you're up, then you're down. So like I, I can feel the momentum a little bit, but I'm not sure how much stock I'm buying into it. Well, I wonder if it's the Dan Orlovsky stuff that that report. Well, yeah, you know, he that, didn't that, that kind of helped. Well, not him. I, I mean that's a separate issue. But I'm yeah. just saying that kind of made people rally a little bit for Justin Fields. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so now everybody was squashing Fields like down to. Heck, I thought he was in the second round for a minute. Mm-hmm. To now, they're kind of elevating him again. Now could be in the mix uh, with the San Fran and, and with the Jets. And so I just found that interesting. I, I, I understand it. We we do it every year, kind of ride that roller coaster. But it feels like the elevator's moving up right now for Justin Fields as you look at mock drafts, analysts, and everybody talking uh, all about it. Brett Martin along with Austin Lane on a Friday edition of Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. By the way, our restaurant revival tour continuing. Vita de Louis is not a restaurant, but it is available in restaurants. You can also check it out on VitaDeLouis.com, but they are under our restaurant revival um, of the day, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> I don't even know how to classify it. Um, but uh, Vita de Louis, of course, brings you our happy hour horn as well, coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. I saw this quote today, man. I don't know if you saw I, I retweeted it, but I thought you'd be the perfect guy to ask. It uh, and, and it really has me thinking, and I don't even know the answer. The quote was something like, I'd rather have the guy that plays the hardest than the guy that works the hardest. Mm-hmm. So it was from like a coaching perspective, right? Mm-hmm. So basically I'd rather have that guy that's that bulldog on the field running all over the place, you know, um, than the guy that tells me, hey, I'm, I'm working 18 hours a day and uh, – uh, but kind of on the field, you don't see it. You know, you don't see the results. So I, I understand the context of it. But I often believe in life and in sport, how often is that the same person? And the, I mean, to me, what that quote means, and I'm reading it right now. So give me the kid who plays the hardest over the kid who works the hardest. It go, You know, it goes back to the old um, 
you know, I, I guess the old quote that you probably see in every single high school weight room around the country where it's talent beats, uh, I'm sorry, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, that's great. That's motivating and all that stuff. But to me, you know, there's there's two types of instances here. There's the guy who exerts himself above and beyond in the weight room, in the film room and all that stuff. But when the lights come on, for whatever reason, um, it doesn't click, right? And and maybe the the play can be lacking a little bit. Like, listen, I mean, I don't want to call myself a, like a weight room warrior, but I play with a bunch of weight room warriors um, who are some of the strongest, the toughest dudes on the team. But they weren't the stars of the team. Some of them yeah. weren't, weren't even, you know, starters per se. So to me, this is says like, hey, hey, it's one thing to be great in the weight room and apply yourself, but if you can't shine the brightest when the lights are on, what what are we talking about? Like that's what I take away from that quote. Well, I think in your world too, where you came from in football, like there's more to it than the weight room, though, right? I mean, is he studying his playbook? Is he on his p's and q's? Is he all those things? I mean, there there's other things that involved in sports work. Uh, life you know it's it's not just one thing but i do kind of believe like the guy that works like legitimately works hard right i mean i think that's going to pay off like i i don't know if i i don't not believe that that's for sure i i, I think now there are people that tell you they work hard that's a big difference mm. but the people that legitimately work hard um I usually think that translates. I'm trying to think of examples in my mind, man. And, of course, I can't sit here and tell you from a professional level because I can't, I don't know if those guys are really working. Um, but, like, I mean, if you take a guy like Pazlozny, you knew who was working hard, right? He's mm-hmm. always working hard. Mm-hmm. Well, he also played hard. I don't, did anybody play harder than Pazlozny? All right. Here's a, here's a classic example. Chris Johnson, f- former Tennessee Titans running back Chris Johnson. I have it on good authority that when he came out of college and went to the Titans, he was not a weight room guy. Didn't touch weights. But when Chris Johnson showed up on the field, he was one of the best running backs in the league. Okay. So, like, that's a – and, and, and maybe I got misinformation, but I, I've had a pretty good authority, um, you know, at least towards, like, early in his career, that's what he abided by. Now, maybe later in his career he, he lifted weights or whatever or worked hard, but, like, he was just God-gifted, and, and he was a gamer. So, so to me – it's the difference between being a grinder and being a gamer. Yeah, um, yeah. And there is a difference. And not to say that you can't work hard and and be a gamer. I mean, th- there's tons of examples like that because everyone's got their own physical limitations that you have to overcome sometimes. But I just think what he's saying here is give me the guy that shows up when the lights are the, the brightest over the guy who just you know works hard in the weight room because that doesn't always correlate to success. Yeah, and I, I guess in a, this is a little bit of pet peeve of mine in this day and age especially, but I think so many coaches just want to make take the most talented guys, right? Uh, or that look to be the most talented guys. Mm. And this speaks to this a little bit. I, I, well, I guess what we're talking, and I believe you, by the way, if you're ultra-talented, I can outwork you day in, day out, and you're probably going to perform better than me. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that. I do. There's a difference. Listen, I was not ultra-talented. I believe I worked hard, but that was the reason I was able to play as long as I did. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. That's what I believe. So, uh, But I'm never going to be better than the guy that is just really gifted and probably didn't have to work as hard. Now, when you get the marriage of both, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Right. I mean, if you can, if you super gifted, I mean, that's what we say about the Tiger Woods is the LeBron James, all those. The reason why they're megastars is because they're ultra gifted. And on top of that, they're probably the guy that is working the hardest and playing the hardest. 
and you get that perfect world collision. Uh, it was interesting. It's a, it, was a, it made me think a lot today, that quote. Sure. Uh, and, and I like when that happens. Um, by the way, playing hard is important, too. <laughs> you know? No, you got to play hard, man. Yeah, you can't just say, hey, I worked hard, so now put me in, and, and then you don't do all the right things. Yep. Um, as we say in baseball and, and in this house, play the game the right well, way. And, and it's like I always said it with football. I mean, if you're in training camp, you work hard in training camp to earn your reps in the preseason. What you do in those preseason reps dictates whether you make the team or not. Simple as that. All right. Uh, the NFL draft coming up. How much of a central figure across the league is Urban Meyer? We talk about it next on Action Sports Jackson, ESPN 690.